Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Don't get too cocky. You got to... Uh, follow you in your instincts and uh, you know just don't stop learning learning is key best ever listeners before we get into today's episode I want to mention Trevor McGregor Trevor is a real estate results coach I've been paying him and working with him for years now he actually is responsible for giving me the idea to do a podcast so it's not only about transactions that he gives advice on how to find more deals, how to make more money, but also how to build a holistic plan around your real estate entrepreneurship endeavors. That's what I love about working with Trevor, that and being held accountable for what I say I'm going to do and actually making sure that I follow through and do it. I feel like I'm a pretty results-oriented, accountable kind of person, but it's always nice to have someone who's there guiding you along the way and giving you strategy as well as psychology tips for how to deal with you know the things that come up as a real estate entrepreneur. Trevor has made a wonderful offer for the best ever listeners and that is that he's offering a free coaching session. Go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-W-I-T-H-T-R-E-V-O-R.com. Highly recommend him. I've worked with him before. I'm currently working with him right now as my business, as my real estate investing coach. Highly recommend you do the same. Take him up on his offer. Get a free coaching session, coachwithtrevor.com. Best ever listeners. Hello, hello. How's it going? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and this is a show where we cut out all that fluffy stuff. We don't get into it. We only get into the real estate advice that moves your business forward. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran. From Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad Poor Dad, Jay Papazon, the co-author of let's see, lots of books. One of them is right in front of me, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent with Gary Keller of the Kelly Williams Group, and many other successful real estate professionals. With us today, we've got Jeremy Shade. How you doing, Jeremy? Doing well, doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well and looking forward to getting to know you and your background. We have a mutual friend together. Actually, uh, my first client, Ben, who closed on a syndicated deal in Richmond, Virginia and raised over $300,000. So Ben introduced us and I'm looking forward to learning from Jeremy and what he's got going on. A little bit about Jeremy and then we'll get into it. Jeremy is the president of JCRE Holdings. He is a buy and hold investor where he does the burst strategy, buy rehab, then rent it, and then refi. 
and then use that money for another property. He works full time as an underwriter, so he's a part time real estate investor, but he's been accumulating properties, so pretty pretty soon he'll be a full time real estate investor. He started three years ago and owns five properties. And congrats, he just got another one under uh, contract today. He's in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and you can say hi to him at jcrealestate.webs.com or you just click the link that's in the show notes page. With that being said, Jeremy, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Yeah, so hello, everybody. My name is Jeremy. Based in Philadelphia, as uh, Joe said, I started about three years ago. The uh, way I started was I bought my first house. It was a four-bedroom house, two ba- two bathrooms. Lived in one room, and then I rented out the other three. So my mortgage was about $950, and I, each room was renting between five to 600 So the total rent there was $1,600. So I was making 650 while living there, and um, I kind of realized how well I was doing. And ever since then, I've just been buying more properties first three properties were all owner-occupied properties. Reason for that is I can get the best rates and terms. And yeah, it's just been going pretty well. And uh, hopefully one day I can be doing it full-time. First three properties were all owner-occupied. Does that mean that you had to wait 12 months for that to burn off and then go into the next property? Yep. So pretty much I moved three times in the last three years. Moving isn't that fun, but for this, it was definitely worth it. So yeah, every every 12 months you can get an owner-occupied mortgage, and that's what I did. Are you single? Yes, I am. Yep. Okay, because yes. anytime there's a uh, a partner and you're in a, you know you're in a relationship, I always I always wonder. Well, anytime I hear the strategy, I always wonder what the relationship status is of the person. Because usually, you know, you, if if you are married or with with a with someone, then it gets a little tricky. So it's good that you're doing it now while you're single. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that definitely makes it a lot easier, especially for my last rehab. I actually lived in it while doing the renovation, and I doubt any girl would really want to do that, <laughs> live in the situation I was in. There was no heat, no electricity, no running water. I was pretty much just crashing in one room uh, on a mattress. So uh, being single does help a little bit for this. So, yeah. <laughs> With the first house that you bought... You said the mortgage was 950. You had three roommates because you had a four bedroom renting out the other three. What was that like living with three roommates and having them pay rent? Any cautionary tales or was it all good stuff? Really honestly, it wasn't that bad. And uh, they're all Craigslist roommates. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> so for all my rentals, um, the best way to market your properties is really through Craigslist. So I found them on Craigslist. And I mean, there for the area that I'm in, there's a bunch of young professionals, college students, grad students. I'm 20. I'll be 25 tomorrow, actually. So I'm I'm pretty young. I just tried to find roommates that I would mesh well with. Luckily, it went well. No complaints, really. Now that you've got that house that you're not living in anymore, have you rented out that fourth bedroom and you're making what 650 times four now? Yeah, so I um was it 2600? No, so each room is rented between 5 to 600 a month. Okay. Um so it's four bedrooms and total rent on that property is 2250. So yes, I did rent my last room out for $600. How much did you buy it for? I bought it for 192. 
that was my first property, and that's the most expensive property I've purchased. Bought it for one ninety two. Uh, how much you put down? I put ten percent down. What type of loan program was that? Conventional mortgage. Um, the interest rate was three point three seven five, and at the time I was working in the mortgage industry at a bank, so I got the loan through them, which worked out pretty well. What was the advantage of getting it through the bank that you worked at compared to if you went out and you weren't working at that bank? I could honestly just micromanage the whole process to see how it was going, if I was going to get approved or not. So it was pretty convenient on that end. And plus, I I knew the people I was working with. I knew I could trust them. So, I mean, at the time, I was 22. So I didn't have the experience I have now. So just being at the bank, it was kind of more hand-holding, I guess. Um, so it, def- it was definitely definitely an advantage for my first uh, purchase. Did you save any money by uh-huh. by going with your your bank versus somewhere else? I think I did. We got employee pricing, which is a little better. So I think I did save some money. Employee pricing on the fees or on the the interest rate. The, I mean fee fees overall, yeah. So with mortgages. You charge points to originate the loan, and I didn't have those points charged to me. So you were in that for one year, right? Correct, yeah. So that property I moved, it was April 30th, 2013, and I actually found my tenants before that. I was pretty much interviewing them at Starbucks, and uh, they actually moved in the next day, May May 1st, 2013. So I closed on my house, and that evening I got a first month's rent, last month's rent, and uh, one month's security deposit. So that was pretty nice after fronting all the money on the down payment. <laughs> yeah, that, that is pretty nice. You've got now five properties. You said the first three that you you bought were the the Burr strategy. Were they all the, the Burr strategy? And when I say Burr, for the best ever listeners, it's buy, rehab, rent, refi. Were all of them that way? No, so the first uh, first two actually were not. Those were more turnkey. After that, though, I, I didn't want to do that anymore, and I saw so much more value in, in the Burr strategy just because you can find discounted properties, rehab it yourself, and you already have that built-in equity. You don't even have to put a down payment pretty much if you once you refi out. Um, so that's what I do now. So the first two were actually not Burr strategy. Let's fast forward to the one that you just put under contract today. What are the numbers on that one? So that one is a little different. Um, It's a new area in South Philly and Grays Ferry. That one was on the market for fifty thousand, and I have it under contract for twenty-five. How many offers do you make before finding a property like this that actually goes under contract? Oh man, too many. <laughs> um, when I, I just make up so many offers, they're usually really low offers, and they're usually not that realistic. But they they work numbers wise. So I mean, I would ninety nine percent of my offers get declined. Um, I mean, this weekend alone, I looked at fifteen to twenty properties, made offers on at least twelve, and this one was good. So yeah. Are you also a real estate agent? Yes. As of September of last year, I got my real estate license. And uh, there's definitely a big benefit to that (laughs) just because I can schedule all my showings. I can go whenever I want. I don't have to rely on an agent to show me. So it's definitely really, really convenient. Plus, I can save on the commission. So it's nice. And you're able, yeah, you're able to search just 
as much as you want and then make the offers directly without having a, a go-between. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I was working with some agents and sometimes it isn't really worth their time to show me all these properties and then make all these offers. You know, I can tell they get kind of annoyed after a while. So I figured it makes sense since I want this to be my career to get my real estate license. So it's been I, I, no complaints. I really like it. 50k is what it was listed at on the market. You have it under contract for 25k. How much is it worth according to your analysis? Two blocks away, I just saw one for sale or that sold in December for 90,000. So I'd say I'd say conservatively 80,000 or so. But it's uh, there's a lot of new construction the next neighborhood over in Point Breeze. That area is gentrifying. There's a lot of new developments that are being proposed by the local universities, University of Pennsylvania, um, the city itself. There's a lot of new development. So that's why I'm kind of gearing towards that area um, because I see some some positive growth there for years to come. And what's the strategy for this one? So for this one, obviously, since the price point is pretty low, I'm going to section 8 it. So would section 8 is government-sponsored housing. And that thought process, hope, nothing's guaranteed, but hopefully that's a little more guaranteed rent. And there's two-year leases, so that'll be a nice long-term lease there. Do you manage these properties yourself? Yes, I do. And how are you going to finance it with the price being 25 k For a property that I purchased in September, um, I just got a line of credit against it, so... I'm going to use that money for this purchase. And theoretically, in the seller's eyes, it's a cash offer. So when I make my offers with this, I say X amount cash, close in 30 days, no contingencies, and that's how you get the best deals. So that's that's what I did for this one. Cash, close in 30 days, no contingencies. Correct, yeah. Is there a due diligence period where you get your money back? Or is it no contingencies? Hey, uh, is it exactly what you said? And as soon as yeah, we put it under I contract, mean, I have to buy it. I mean, no contingencies. You, I, I went in it. I did my due diligence that day, and I'll buy it no matter what. You did the due diligence whenever, but prior to making the offer. The only contingency is a free and clear title. So as long as that, as as long as uh, the title is clear, then I'll purchase it. But and, and it's just not being inspected. Just so I am understanding the timeline, when did you go into the property to actually look at it? Was it before you made the offer? Because I know you're making tons of offers, or was it before it you was, signed I, on the contract? Yeah, so I I, um, I went in the property this weekend before I made the offer on Sunday, and then I made the offer that evening and signed all the paperwork yesterday, and the seller actually just signed this afternoon, so it's it's pretty official. If it's you, it's if, official once I once I give the deposit, which is uh, in, due in two days. And how much was the deposit on that? Five thousand. You made twelve offers. At least I think I heard you correctly. That's why I wrote down. You made twelve offers this weekend, right? Correct. Did you go to look at all twelve of those properties? I actually did. Yeah. So you're visiting the properties before you're you're making the offers. You're not just using numbers. Uh, based on your research and then making offers. Correct, yeah. I mean, I, I could do that, and I have done that. Um, I just had the time to go see them, and I kind of wanted to see them, so that's why I did that. What do you typically do? Do you typically visit, then make offers, or 
since you're making so many offers, do you do the other scenario where you just um, make offers and visit? Usually, if I see a deal that makes sense, I will make a verbal offer. Um, you know, I'll just contact the agent and uh, you know run it by them to see if if it's even realistic. So I don't waste my time. But given that this was a new area that I've never touched before, that's why I wanted to see all of them just to learn more about the area, get a feel for it, to make sure I'm comfortable with it prior to pulling the trigger. On the line of credit that you got from your other property, did you close on that other property? Did I hear that right? In September? Correct. Yes. Okay. So you closed on it in September and you're already to get a, able to get a line of credit from it. What are the numbers on that other property? For that property, I bought it in Maniac for 70000 Closing costs were approximately 4000 and I put under 8000 into it. The reason why it was that cheap is I actually did most of the work myself. Um, so it was, I was all in for uh, about 82000 and just about two weeks ago, it appraised for one sixty. Wow, that's awesome! Congratulations. Yeah, Did you thanks. F- you find that one on the MLS as well? Yeah, it was listed for a hundred. Um, I knew it was a great deal for the area, and I, I wasn't really that serious about it. I mean, I I knew it was a great deal, but I I, I just said I'll give them seventy thousand thinking that you know they'd say no because that's unrealistic but surprisingly they accepted and uh then i was like oh well i gotta buy it now so that's, <laughs> that's how that one happened and what type of financing did you you said you had closing costs for four thousand and you put 8k in yeah it. so so actually for that one i used um the property about right before that um i just closed on a refi against that one so i used that money for that purchase, if that makes sense. Yep, which ties back to the strategy that we talked about at the very beginning, the buy, rehab, rent, and then refine, and then use those proceeds for the next property. Where are you getting this line of credit from? Uh, community bank. Since I'm, my, my debt to income is pretty much capped for conventional financing, so now I'm looking towards commercial loans. So that's why I went with a com- small community bank in the area that's familiar with the market. And I got a commercial line of credit or a business line line of credit. What's the community bank's name? East River Bank. East River Bank there in Philadelphia. All right. Well, thank you for that. A very detailed uh, approach, and I'll summarize at the very end. But first, what's your bis- best real estate investing advice ever? Best investing advice ever. Definitely stay humble. Never get ahead of yourself because that's when you can spread yourself out too thin and get into trouble. Don't get too cocky. You got to... Uh, follow you in your instincts and uh, you know just don't stop learning learning is key now the don't spread yourself too thin part that you just mentioned some of the best ever listeners might be listening to your story and be like boy he is leveraging leverage on top of leverage <laughs> um, w- what would you say to that um, you know it, it is kind of scary I mean leverage is is risk but it's a calculated risk and you know, as long as long as I'm taking out debt that the comps are there, my LTV makes sense because the deal is so good, then that reduces a lot of the risk. I'll never buy a deal that I can't sell tomorrow for a profit. So in that scenario, that makes me feel a little better. And plus, you know, I have I have rents coming in to cover my debt service. Hopefully, my tenants pay. I haven't had much of an issue there, which I'm pretty fortunate for. So. 
What's your interest rate on the line of credit? The line of credit is it's prime plus two. So right now, the the prime rate is three point five. So it would be uh, it would be five point five. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I am. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Did you achieve all your real estate goals in 2015? Well, if you did, congratulations. Fist bump to you. If you didn't, then go to coachwithtrevor.com. Trevor McGregor is my business coach, my real estate coach. He's also been a guest on the show, episode 320. He is offering a free coaching session for the best ever listeners. Just go to coachwithtrevor.com and it'll help you to achieve your real estate goals in 2016. Best ever book you've read? Best ever book. The One Thing by Gary Keller. There you go. Giving a shout out to Gary Keller and Jay Papazon again. Jay, for uh, best ever listeners, if you want to listen to Jay's episode, I will Google that right now. Jay Papazon, Joe Fairless, and it is episode number 212. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learn from it? Hmm. Best ever personal growth experience? I would say um, actually about four years ago I got sick with some stomach thing. I was in and out of the hospital for like seven months. And while doing that, while sick, I was swimming in college. I was full-time student and I was doing an internship. So I was taking 18 credits or so. Um, So I was pretty overloaded while being sick and not being too great. But the one thing that I did was I never gave up. And that relates to my real estate business where times are going to be tough. You know, it doesn't matter if you're doing great now, but you know, you're gonna you're gonna go through something where it's not gonna be that great. You know, you might have to evict a tenant, you know, you might do a shitty deal, but key is never to give up. And, you know, regardless of how bad it is right now, there's always the light light across the tunnel. More of a positive approach than anything. Best ever deal you've done. Best ever deal. Either the one I just told you or the the I did one last year. Bought a triplex, gutted the whole thing, bought it for 110 put 50 in. That was the one I lived in while rehabbing, and then closing costs were 8000 So it was all in for 168 It appraised for 250 and then I got a conventional loan against it for 75%, which was 187500 So I pretty much got paid about 20000 to buy the house and have 25% equity. Now I live in one unit and rent out the other two. Mortgage is about 1250 or 1300 Mortgage taxes and insurance are 1300 And my rents for the other two units are 800 apiece, which is uh, $1,600. So I'm uh, making a little bit of money while living there, which is pretty nice. So I'd say that's a pretty good deal. That's awesome. Best ever way you like to give back? For real estate... I'm always interested in speaking to anyone about real estate. Um, you know, I, I get tons of questions. You know, how do you do this? I'm asking for advice, so I'm always always looking to give back and help people. Uh, you know, achieve their goals to own a property, rehab something. So I'm always looking to help people out. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? It's funny you say that because I'm actually fixing it right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So for the uh, for the property I told you that I lived in, that was my first major rehab. Money was a little tight, given you know, especially that you saw that I lived in it, so I had to save every dime. Um, so I uh, I hired a really 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 cheap plumber. Um, he put together my bathroom for five hundred dollars, which is really cheap. 
but you get what you pay for. So I, I, I'm never, never go with the cheapest, cheapest contractor, plumber, electrician out there. Um, you'll get what you pay for, and it's always best to spend a little more up front for it to be done right, be done once, so you never have to deal with it again. What uh, specifically wasn't done right, and how much is it costing you now? Now the plumber has been here the last two days, <laughs> and this is literally ten months later that the work was done. It's been an ongoing issue since since the summer, since the since the tenants moved in. The whole shower wasn't put together properly, so it's been leaking. So it was—it's the shower on the third floor leaking to the second floor, which is pissing the tenant on the second floor off. This is my third, third or fourth plumber since then, and I just haven't had luck with plumbers. I don't know. It, it's just something with the pipes. I, I honestly—I'm not a plumber myself, but I'm uh, the—I uh, guess the shower is—it's like. The the whole floor underneath is not is not really stable, and I don't know the pipes are all messed up. So hopefully hopefully this is fixed one once and for all. How much uh, how much does it cost? By this time around, it's costing eight hundred dollars. And factoring in the other plumbers besides the first one. Oh, that's without them. Oh, overall, I would say at least fifteen hundred. Well, best of our listeners, if you know of a good plumber in Philadelphia, then whenever Jeremy gives out is the best way to uh, get in contact and let him know of a good plumber. Sounds like he needs one. On that note, what's the best ever place the best ever listeners can reach you? You can always email me, jeremyshawday04 at gmail.com. If you can't spell my last name, hopefully it's in the show notes, C-H-A-U-D-E-T. It is in the show notes, and thank you so much, Jeremy, for sharing your journey, your your quick start journey with us on the show and how you've used the buy, rehab, rent, refi strategy to your advantage and been able to get to five properties in a short amount of time, three years, and you've you're, got your sixth one under contract right now. Uh, the story of just how you got going with the four-bedroom house and two baths you're renting out the other three and as as we speak now it's bringing in $2,250 and the mortgage on it's $950 and that's a very similar model to what you've done with the other ones in terms of numbers Uh, and you mentioned something in passing that I wrote down and I loved you said never buy a deal that you can't sell tomorrow for a profit I love that sentence and I am it's bolded in my notes because that's something that is a a quote that we should all kind of internalize and, and take to heart. Thanks so much for being on the show, sharing your advice with best ever listeners. Have a best ever day. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. Did you achieve all your real estate goals in 2015? Well, if you did, congratulations. Fist bump to you. If you didn't, then go to coachwithtrevor.com. Trevor McGregor is my business coach, my real estate coach. He's also been a guest on the show, episode 320. He is offering a free coaching session for the best ever listeners. Just go to coachwithtrevor.com and it'll help you to achieve your real estate goals in 2016.